what's happening and welcome into another episode of Preview in the Pokes. I'm your host, Josh Criswell. Got a lot to get into today. Going to talk to John Tranchina, covers Tulsa for the Tulsa World to break down this weekend's matchup. Cowboys still looking for that first one of the season. Also going to talk to my co-host, David Graff, at the end of the show to get his perspective on everything that went down last week, as well as the home opener coming up shortly. So we'll get right into it. Coming up next, John Tranchina from the Tulsa World. Joined right now by John Tranchina. He covers the Tulsa Golden Hurricane for the Tulsa World. Does a great job out there and is joining us right now on the show to help provide a little bit of an insight into Wyoming's next opponent. Obviously, things didn't go very well for the Cowboys in week one, hoping they can turn things around here, I guess, in what's really week one. But, uh, you know, John, I have to ask you, it seems like Tulsa is similar to Wyoming and that there's a lot of moving pieces Mm -hmm with the team, you know, what's the, uh, the thing that stands mm-hmm. out to you the most heading into the season opener? Yeah, well, the, probably the biggest thing about, uh, about Tulsa is that their offensive line is completely rebuilt. Uh, all five guys on the line are first time starters. Um, so we really don't know what we're going to get from them. You know, you think you, you got a good group and they look pretty good in practice, but you really don't know. So that I, I'd say at this point, that's the biggest question mark for, for the offense is that you don't know what you have in the, in the offensive line. Right. And, you know, for Wyoming, I think it's safe to say the biggest topic of conversation centered around the the passing game and just the lack of production. Right. They're completing 25 percent of their passes. Um, I guess, uh, you know, from your side of things, do, how, how does Tulsa's secondary look? Is this a bounce back opportunity for the Cowboys or is it uh, potentially another long day for them out there? Yeah, it, it, honestly, it could go either way. I think Tulsa has a pretty good uh, secondary, uh, they have a, a couple of really good safeties, a couple of good corners, but there are also some some first time starters at, on that side of the ball as well. So you never really know where it's going to go, but they do have some good guys out there. So I mean, it it's interesting. I wonder, you know, you wonder about. Uh, we've been talking here a lot about how Wyoming has already had a game and. Does that give the Cowboys an advantage or not? You know, you could look at it both ways, but from from our perspective, I guess you could say it. I would say now that they've seen what they have and they can make adjustments in this game, where Tulsa still doesn't really know what they have and they won't know until they're out there with with the Cowboys. Right. And then kind of flipping it over to the Tulsa side of things, you know, Davis Brin had, I think, over 3000 passing yards, got a lot of experience, but also led the country in interceptions. Um, you know, is, is the quarterback situation at Tulsa, is there more concern or, or is there hope that that can kind of be a point of optimism for them just after getting that year under his belt? Yeah, I would say most most of the feeling about Davis Brin is that is of optimism that he's going to be better. Uh He's he's worked real hard on that on that part of his game on making reads. He's said he and the coaching staff have said all the right things about how far he's come in that area. Um, I still think, though, that the key probably the, even the key to his performance is still going to be the offensive line. And we don't know how they're going to do. So, again, that's another big question mark as to where that's going to go. But. There's a lot, there is a lot of optimism that from his point of view, he has 
corrected some of the, the issues. He's a lot better on his reads, which is what they were talking about as being part of his the, the issue that led to so many interceptions last year, trying to force in plays where it was, there wasn't one. So right. we'll see. Right. And, you know, as I mentioned, a lot of moving pieces for both teams. Um, you know, in your opinion for Tulsa, who is the biggest loss and who is the most important newcomer to their success this season? Ah, that's a good question. Um, well, I mean, for a loss, when we're still ha- there's still that issue with the offensive line, I, I would say Tyler Smith, first-round draft pick, went to the Dallas Cowboys, and he made their opening roster. And you miss that experience and skill on the offensive line, and now we're seeing it with so many new starters. Uh, as far as uh, a newcomer coming in, Probably looking at uh, receiver Isaiah Epps was a transfer from Kentucky and a grad, a grad student. So he's got a lot of experience. He played like 40 something games for Kentucky and has, has been pretty good as well as being a local guy. He's actually from the Tulsa area. So he's kind of coming home and has a lot of, uh, a lot of family and friends in the, in the stands and more, that's more motivation I would imagine for him. He's looked really good in the preseason practices and scrimmages. And I would say he's, you know, he's at least the number three receiver. Um, so if you guys got, if you, you know, the defense is focusing on Juan Carlos Santana and or Keelan Stokes, he's probably the next guy that might be the one that ends up hurting Wyoming most, depending on how that goes. But uh so he's the guy I'm probably looking forward to seeing the most. Right. And heading into the year, it, it kind of seemed like this one would be a toss up. Uh, I think, you know, after last week, the sports books have moved it to Tulsa being at close to a six, seven point favorite. Um, you know, for you, just kind of, you know, what's your prediction for what we're going to see out there on Saturday? Yeah, I, that's, I'm not sure. I mean, I feel like it's going to be a really close game. I feel like, from my perspective, when I've seen a team lose the way Wyoming did in that first game, I feel like there's going to be a lot of emphasis on correcting those mistakes and I, and, and the motivation to do so, especially being the home opener. So I'm looking, I would see, I would really expect the much better performance out of the Cowboys from Tulsa side. There's a lot of uncertainty and maybe they should be the favorite, but since there's so many areas, we don't really know. I, I'm not sure. So I'm at, Either way, I'm going to go with a really close game and, you know, flip the coin. I, I don't know. If I, you're going to force me to pick, a, I might say Tulsa by a field goal at the end, but uh, who knows? <laughs> awesome, John. Well, I really appreciate it. That's John Tranchina. Make sure to read all of his work at TulsaWorld.com, and we'll, uh, we'll see how this thing unfolds on Saturday. Yeah. All right. Thanks for having me. Great stuff from John Tranchina. Now, as I do every week, going to talk to my co-host, David Graff, to get his insight on everything that's going on and just chat about all things Wyoming football. David, how's it going? Well, thanks for having me, Josh. Uh, if you listen to the Wild Sports Podcast, you know that I'll be stepping away from that one, but I'll still hop on here with Josh previewing the pokes. Can't can't pass up an opportunity to come here and uh, talk UW football, no matter what the product is like on the field. So, honestly, we we can probably be pretty quick in terms of our analysis. Last weekend, it was not great. They did run the ball well at times. Uh, Andrew Peasley 
didn't seem to be in a hurry due to some fantastic offensive line play. That's kind of where it ends there. What what are your takeaways from Champagne? What what do you think you learned the most about the brown and gold? Yeah, I think uh, the thing I learned the most, not to pat myself on the back or anything, but I think my keys to success for the season are going to ring true. Before last week's game, I put out five keys to success for the Cowboys, passing efficiency, playmaking at the receiver spot, getting to the quarterback, generating takeaways and establishing the run. Uh, No takeaways, no sacks. The leading receiver had two catches for 14 yards and 25% completion rate. Did have the the solid run game, but missed on four of those. And I think that's going to be kind of a theme for this season. You know, if they're able to do more than half of those things, I'd expect them to get a win most weeks. And if it's like it was last Saturday, I, uh, I don't expect many wins whenever that happens. You mentioned the 25% completion percentage at the quarterback spot. Obviously, anytime it's a low number, people are always like, well, that's a good number if you're playing baseball. But I'm trying to think, like, is there anything else where if you do it well or succeed 25% of the time, you're like you're, you're doing okay? It's tough to think about Uh, off the top of my head. Maybe if you're betting like hundred to one uh, bets on futures and things like that, I guess that would be a good thing to be 25% at, but outside of that, I'm kind of stumped. Yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying to think like 25% of like there's, there's no way to get ahead in life. If you're only doing something well, 25% of the time, I guess that's uh that's the lesson here. If you if you're listening and you think of something quicker than Josh and I in the 60 seconds that I'm bringing this before uh, before the two of us, uh, please share because I'd love to be enlightened. Well, you you've dove into this Tulsa game more than I have. I've been running around with uh, like a chicken with my head cut off. What what are you expecting for Saturday's home opener? I'm expecting this to be really a true benchmark, uh, you know, of just kind of what we can expect from this team this year. Last week, um, you know, you saw it just in the form of how the odds shifted before kickoff to Illinois being a two-touchdown favorite. I don't think that there were many people expecting Wyoming to win that game. I think a lot of people expected them to at least be competitive, which they weren't for the bulk of that contest. But I I think – We both expected them to be competitive, at least. (laughs) Exactly. But that uh, that certainly wasn't the case. Maybe Illinois is better than we expected. Maybe Wyoming with so many new pieces. Basically, half of their starters are new. Maybe you just had to get out there and actually play against another opponent. Um, But heading into Tulsa, they're kind of in a, a similar situation to what Wyoming was in last week, where you've had a lot of roster turnover, a lot of moving pieces. And I honestly think that that could give the Cowboys an edge. I know that they're close to a touchdown underdog heading into the weekend. Um, But I actually, you know, I'll give my prediction. uh, It'll come out in Friday's paper. I actually have Wyoming winning this one uh, 21 to 20. You know, you look, 
look at Tulsa, they replace their entire starting offensive line. Uh, they lose their top running back. Their top returning running back wasn't on the depth chart this week. So I think that this is kind of the prime opportunity for, uh, you know, Wyoming to bounce back and get things on track. It's not necessarily a must win at this point, but it would certainly help your chances as far as bowl eligibility goes with a couple of tough games coming up after what should be a gimme against Northern Colorado next week. Um, but it, it's going to be interesting. I think on defense too, uh, the one thing about this Wyoming defense that stands out is that they're a little bit undersized in some spots, but they also have a lot of speed. And that's one of the things that Craig Bull was really happy about in his press conference was just the pursuit they were getting. Um, so I, I think the fact that Tulsa is more of a spread offense as opposed to a powerful Big Ten, you know, power run attack. I think that could play into the hand of the Cowboys a little bit more. Yeah, Wyoming certainly has some confidence in their secondary. So that, like you're saying, perhaps could be a big boon. You know, sometimes the right matchup just comes along after a tough week. What do you think – what do you think the Cowboys need to do in order to bounce back both offensively and defensively? I think defensively, the biggest thing is the tackling. Um, I got my pro football focus subscription this week, and I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, but I know they ranked near the bottom of all the teams that played last week as far as tackling grades go. A lot of missed tackles out there. Um, and then on offense, it's going to all come down to just getting – some efficiency in the passing game. You know, I think one of the big things is maybe being a little bit less predictable and being a little bit more creative. Um, you know, I saw it after the game, Devon Witherspoon, who got the interception for Illinois last week, he, he said after the game, essentially, that whenever they line up in that situation with the slot guy on the line, he, he knows that they're probably going to throw a fade route. And sure enough, he knew what was coming and pulled down a pick. So I think it's just getting a little bit more creative, not being predictable and I know that they probably won't do this, but maybe try to get some more receivers out on the field to sort of open things up because what they're doing isn't going to surprise anybody. You know, I know that they're going to stick to the bread and butter of running the football and having a lot of fullbacks and tight ends and stuff on the field, which I think is something that they need to do. But I just think maybe a few more opportunities for some four wide out sets and things like that could open things up, not only for the passing game, but if you get a couple of those completions, I think spreading things out a bit could really allow Titus Swin to gash that Tulsa defense. We saw Titus have a pretty good game in terms of yardage. He, he still put up kind of a, num a, a number that we're a little bit of a, accustomed to when it comes to Titus. Did that surprise you at all? You know, him going in against a Big Ten defense and kind of gashing him the way he did? He, he seemed to be getting at least five yards of carry when, when he was out there. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I think the thing that impressed me the most was that he had a 
you know, multiple 10, 15, 20 yard runs um, and really did a good job. It seemed like he really thrived running behind that right side of the line with Emmanuel Pregnant and I think Frank Crum over there. So I think that's kind of a a big thing that they can really rely on is I I think Titus, regardless of the competition, I think he's going to be solid throughout. I think, you know, as we saw, the offensive line was maybe the one of the biggest uncertainties definitely on the offense just with three new starters but they were impressive I mean not allowing a sack averaging almost six yards a carry against a big 10 defense you're not going to see a lot of defenses that have the physicality and talent of Illinois throughout the regular season so I think there's a lot there with the running game and you know if there's an area to be concerned about that's certainly not it what do you think Honestly, I think that the in the spring, during the spring game, people were maybe slightly surprised at how mobile Andrew Peasley was. He was he was pretty shifty. Obviously, it was the spring game, so he wasn't out there taking licks or anything or maybe felt a little bit more emboldened to take off. I, I don't know. You'd have to ask Peasley himself, but he did show off the ability to run and to scramble, and that was part of his game. And so I, I kind of expected it on Saturday, but him and Titus together, they really did make a good combo. Now, obviously, Peasley has to improve throwing the ball. Craig Bull said that himself. That's not from me. That's not me calling him out. That's from the guy up high. He he expects better performance there. So I think that I think that, you know, him, Peasley and Swin as a combo running the ball, though, it, it's very interesting and it's going to keep defenses on their toes because when you have a good read option game and you pointed out that Tim Polisek has some Northern Illinois roots with Jordan Lynch and he, he was a dangerous quarterback in the read option. He wasn't necessarily a big time passer, but he was a very, very well-respected quarterback in the MAC, And if you've got that as part of your repertoire, I think it can keep defenses on their toes. It can also – I don't think it's more demoralizing. There's not anything more demoralizing than when a quarterback is able to break off a big run. And I, yeah, uh, Most definitely. And, you know, you brought up Jordan Lynch and it really reminded me of that. Probably my favorite play call of the entire game. I think it was also Wyoming's largest gain of the game was they had Titus out on the outside. They had, I think it was Joey Brash in the backfield. You bring Titus across. So that already draws the defense in that direction. You fake it to Brash and then Peasley just takes off untouched for 30 something yards and set them up inside the 10. Weren't able to punch it in from there. But I think that's really, you know, definitely a point of optimism. And I also think with Peasley and, uh, you know, some of the passing struggles, I certainly don't think that they're all on him by any stretch. There wasn't much separation from the receivers. They had three drops, went 0 for 5 and contested catch opportunities. And, you know, this is an offense that since Josh Allen left four years ago has been arguably the least efficient in the country if you don't run the triple option whenever it comes to passing the football and making completions. So I think it's a mix of him being needing to be able to be a little bit more accurate, the receivers getting open, and then the coaching staff setting him up for success by just, you know, 
not being in a situation where the defense already knows what's coming before you snap the ball like what happened on the interception. No doubt, no doubt. Well, is there anything else you want to cover before we uh, wrap things up here? Well, I already uh, gave my prediction 21 to 20 Cowboys. What are you rolling with? Man, uh, this is going to be an absolute homer pick. Uh, it will be my last time on the sidelines, at least for a while. So last time covering a game professionally in Laramie for at least a little bit. So I'm definitely going to be taking it all in. Going to be soaking it all in. Hopefully uh, it's not a Fresno State or New Mexico type performance. So I'm going to set the expectations extremely high. The bar's like up way high, like way high, Mount Rainier high. Uh, let's go. Let's go. UW, the, Peasley's breaking off a long touchdown run. Titus is breaking off a long touchdown run. Easton Gibbs has a pick six. Jordan Bertinoli has three sacks, dude. Goal Godbo. He's, he has 10 tackles. Uh, I'm, I'm going all over, all over this one on the Cowboys. Let's, uh, let's go 35-14. This one's also special for me because my, sis, my little sister went to Tulsa. So I got I to gotta have this one over her. I need the Cowboys to come up big with a big win here. I love it. Anything else you got before we get out of here? Let's go Pokes, baby. All right, well, you've been listening to Preview in the Pokes. I'm Josh Criswell. He's David Graff. Make sure to go to yosports.net for all, all your Cowboys coverage this weekend, and we'll talk to you next time. Ride to the bridge.